female brown cow. Stop fucking up the intro. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second time you fucked up an intro. <laughs> Can we keep that in there? Hey everybody, like a welcome to China on the Rocks. Hello. The podcast where we talk about China, drinking, drink culture, food and beverage, and everything in between. Cheers, guys. Cheers. 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 Customer Sean Jameson. I happen to be Logan from Tacalicious. I'm joined by the wonderful, ever-present Alicia Bagley. That will let down rough, huh? Uh, Always does. Yes. Alicia Bagley, please uh, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Alicia, cocktail writer, resident speaker on this here podcast. Um, And to my left is our... No, let's let's wait for you. To, To my middle... To your, to your opposite? To yeah, your to my opposite. <laughs> to, to my jong. To my jong This is Calvin. Uh, I'm Calvin. Uh, in my free time, I cook Chinese street food. And I'm also business development manager for Crimson Pangolin Gin. And to my right is Mark Hood. Special guest star. Special guest. Hello. Uh, my name's Mark. I look after a few bars in the city. I make a bit of gin every now and again. And I spend too much time with all these people in this room. Yeah, it's true. Uh, as always, Mark's not wearing pants, so it's going to be a very fun episode <laughs> where we're going to guess the botanical. You used that joke. You used that joke before. It's very distracting. About me not wearing pants, I think. Well, yeah, because you think wearing so. pants. Okay. It wasn't a joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different Common thing. misconception. When someone, when someone doesn't wear pants, we talk about it. Um, it, was, it was a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. So this time, we're, we, we all gathered here. We want to talk to Mark. About botanicals. Yes. Botanical is uh, herbs. They're spices. They're basically, if you had a gin, you wouldn't have a gin without botanicals. Right. True. If you have vodka, it's just an astringent water. But <laughs> <the> gin, <laughs> you need botanicals for. Yes. Right. It's like Kentucky Fried Chicken. You have thirteen herbs and spices. Same thing with with vodkas and gins and more gins and vodkas. Is it thirteen herbs and spices? Yeah, I think that's a secret recipe. How do you know if it's a secret? Well, because that's what it says. <laughs> 13 specifically? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. It's common knowledge. Common knowledge, 13. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. My he, KFC. He, he did go to college in Florida. He knows. That's true. Yeah. yeah. My KFC knowledge sucks, I guess. Um, But yeah, Mark's here today. We're excited to talk about him. So, so Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Introduce yourself to the crowds, the the teeming masses. You like science and stuff, don't you? I do like science, yes. Um, I'm a chemistry graduate, so a lot of what I do in the bars is generally based around sort of that background. We like to mess around with flavors. Our bar's quite famous for stupid, stupid stuff. What's the bar called, please? So it's called Jay Borowski. There's over a thousand bugs in there, so if you're agrophobic, agrophobic is... Scared of going out. No, we're <laughs> <straight> out. Arachnophobic. <laughs> yeah. But also, if you're agrophobic, you're not going to come, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, lots of bugs, lots of weird flavors, and there's no menu. So, you can come in and literally order what you want. Except for Cosmopolitans. Except for Cosmopolitans, because Logan asked too many times. So now Every time. It. It's all on this podcast. It's noted since podcast one. <laughs> <laughs> Although, we are still waiting for Logan to come to the bar and do a guest shift yeah. where he only makes Cosmos. Yeah. Yeah. Trip. Actually, no, for real. I'll do it for a charity cause. If we get a charity, I'll raise money for whatever charity like uh, that does something with co- like breast cancer awareness. Pink, right? Pink ribbons? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, you heard it here first on this podcast, guys. So, Mark, honestly, is such a wonderful guy. 
very, very knowledgeable about a lot of stuff that we want to learn more about. Jay Borowski kind of took Shanghai bartending by storm. They have another location in Hong Kong. Yeah. And then... And Bangkok. Bangkok and was Bangkok. the original. Yeah. Bangkok's the original. Yeah. And then there's another location opening or something. What's What else is opening now? Um. So we're doing... So Jay Borowski is such a... It's such a big thing. So we can't do many of those in one city because they take too much time. So we're opening neighborhood bars now. So we're kind of going down a, a different path where we just want to make good classic cocktails, no weird flavors, nothing out of the blue, just make good solid drinks. Like a Hooters or... If the service is as good as I hear Hooters was, then definitely. But yeah. I mean, Calvin would go. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> to but Hooters this, or the neighborhood bar? I don't know, Calvin's looking confused. These neighborhood right. projects are, are part of a different project, not not related to Jay Yeah, no, so oh, Jay, right. Jay um That is cool, though. It was one of our resolutions uh, on our last episode. Yeah. See, friendly neighborhood bars. Yeah, neighborhood bars, yeah. true. Yeah. It's and, missing. So. And you'll be on the bun somehow, too. Is there yeah, and we're doing... Um, <gasps> Closing it out oh, on my resolutions. Wow. <laughs> Bring the glamour that. back. By the way, guys, I full circled that on purpose. <laughs> so yeah, we we just took over. It's called the Somka Building. So it's a building that belonged to Chinese Jewish community for a long, long time. It's been closed for the best part of twenty years. So we're part of the F and B part side of that, where Atov took it over and they partnered with us to do all the food and beverage in the hotel. So it, uh, yeah, so it's a. Boutique hotel. It's a boutique like hotel. Right, right yeah. near the bun. Stunning, Rock stunning building. Oh, like an incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Otsui Matsu area or a little bit farther? So down? Beijing and Szechuan, that okay. crossroad there. Very cool, guys. So uh, everybody listening at home, something we definitely will want to check out in the future. And okay, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay, so talking about botanicals, of course, today we should kind of focus on botanicals in China, right? So the first thing I kind of wanted to ask you guys is. What do you think when people outside of China are thinking about Chinese flavors or plants, vegetables, herbs, whatever, what do you think are kind of the stereotypical Chinese flavors? Calvin? Uh, stealing Logan's soy sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so guys at home, we, we, uh, we talked about this before we started recording. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Okay, so no so soy, there we go. So soy would be a first one. Okay. Uh, jasmine. Jasmine, yep. that's very good. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kid comes up with something on the, <laughs> on the Mark, back ropes. Mark, uh, tea for me. Yeah. So for sure, tea. Any specific teas? Black tea, green tea. Green. The, the generic. Green generic tea. Teas, probably basically. green tea is yeah. what people think of outside of the U.S. Right. Uh, no, uh, blah, 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 rewind. No, no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> outside of China. In places like the U.S., etc., think about green tea for Chinese, yeah. Um, and I would think, uh, in terms of like a plant, maybe like Mandarin orange. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's pretty. Pretty common. Chrysanthemum, osmanthus. Well, these are okay. You're getting to our next segment, William. Well, he stole my thunder. I don't know what it's gonna happen. I was trying Hold to put him on the spot to let him shine. Okay. Okay. All right. So now we've we've got some common things. Soy. Green tea, mandarin orange, anything else? Th- there are a million things. Ginger. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah, ginger for sure. Okay, now, what about, um, so what, So obviously we have a lot of international bartenders, spe- specifically here in Shanghai, but, you know, more and more all over China, and I think there are a couple of things when, when an international bartender is trying to add like quote unquote Chinese flair or flavors to a cocktail. Like for me, there's a there's a few things that I think they they add that um, are just now 
like oversaturating the quote-unquote Chinese flair cocktails. Uh, what what I have in my mind what those are. What do you guys think? Oh, if you drop some star anise in. Okay, yeah. Definitely. Like, star anise, yeah. Sichuan peppercorn. <laughs> Sichuan peppercorn. For me, that is the, like the number one. It's like it's like the staple. Yeah, you 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 go to almost every bar and they've got a Sichuan peppercorn drink, right? Which is just I think. I mean, it's a flavor from one area of China, mainly. Mark, any? What about you? Szechuan was the one I was going to go for. You stole that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, Logan Logan named one earlier, Osmanthus. Yeah, I, I think that Osmanthus is well. Osmanthus, yeah. Longan. Longan's one. Longan. Yeah. Longan's like yeah. wolfberry, I guess they call it in English, right? What? Wolfberry. It's the red... Same family, it's not no. the same thing. Oh, which, which one yeah. is Longan? Longan? Longan's like a light cheese. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay sorry, I'm it's thinking got a tan yeah. shell but it's on not, the outside, yeah. It's not perfume like a light cheese, it's really dry. Yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah. It's like the browner shell, yeah. correct? Yeah, so in Chinese it's a long, long yen, which is like um, dragon's eye. Oh, gotcha. And yeah. uh, then the wolfberry is the little red one you see in tea a lot. The wolf, you mean like, um, uh... It's gotta be like Hongdo or something. Like a, No, Hongdo is, is red bean. Yeah. Like ti- the tiny red dates? Um, they look like tiny red dates. No, no. What's it? They don't uh, have any flavor. They always see a tea. No, what's it called? Goji. Yeah, goji berry. Goji berry. There yeah. we go. Why do we call it? I don't is know that, why we call it. Is that like, wolfberry? I think it's wolfberry in English. It's the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've never right. heard wolfberry, though. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's an American thing. Weird maybe that's, tra- I think that's something else, maybe. No, because it's like even like uh, uh, young May, we call waxberry in mm-hmm. English, American English. Or Chinese bayberry. Chinese, yeah. Which I've never seen a bayberry or waxberry. Yeah. Uh, I've just seen young May. Yankee Candle has a bayberry scented candle. Wow, that's probably pretty good. But I think it's American bayberry, some other kind of bayberry. So it's not a Chinese bayberry. Anyways, okay, yeah. So those are those are a few big ones that like every bartender likes to put in drinks. Now, let's talk about some real Chinese ingredients. Um, <laughs> I'm not supposed to clap everyone. I'm sorry. It's very loud for your ears. <laughs> let's talk about some. Let's talk about some real Chinese ingredients and botanicals uh, that I think some of the more creative bartenders, definitely Chinese bartenders, um, horse milk. E- e- even Chinese <laughs> 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 no, it's a real. That's, that's real. Really good. It's real. Yeah. Um, horse milk is good. Yeah, and uh, you know, the local restaurants, things like that, will be using in their teas, their drinks, things like that. So. Um, Mark, you you said that you know you're thinking about a talk called Beyond Tea, right? So why don't you talk about some so, yeah, we do ingredients? F- we've just submitted a proposal for Tales of Cocktail, which is a big like cocktail seminar that happens in New Orleans every year, um, called More Than Tea, to try and educate bartenders about Chinese ingredients and just kind of how to put them into your bar program without being scared of them. Mm-hmm. So like Yang Mei is a really good one because again with China is hyper sort of hyper seasonal. Right. So we only have Yang Mei for what, a month yeah. of the whole year. Yeah. One or two months, right. And then Chinese people are really accustomed to eating or drinking these things at the same time. So if you have Yang Mei in like now, yeah. people would be weird. Right. Yeah. They wouldn't order it because it's, it's not the right time of year. Yeah. So I think, I think that's a unique point to touch on as well, that China is very seasonal. You know, in a lot of, at, at least in the U.S., I'll say like a lot of ingredients, of course, you know, your local farm stand, whatever, has in, um, seasonal vegetables and fruits and things like that but it's kind of at this point where you can just get everything all the time right um but here i think that things are things are so much more seasonal so there is yang mei season there's mandarin orange season you know there's pomelo season even watermelon season is like this huge amazing thing here right and so you really kind of i I think that 
bar, bars and restaurants really bank on those seasons to change their menus and things like that. So, you, like Mark said, you're not going to see a Yang Mei cocktail or something like that, you know, um, in, oh, yeah, in, in the middle yeah. of winter or something. And right. some of them Summer do have fruit. very yeah. short seasons. Like, Yang Mei is, like, yeah. end of May throughout June. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's very... Um, yeah. And so, like, people do have to jump on it mm-hmm. right away. Like, yeah. they plan ahead of time specifically right. for that mm-hmm. season. Yeah. I mean, and the cool thing is, you do the Yang Mei infused baijiu, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of like local. If you go to a lot of uh, any smaller city, or you go out to the countryside, people make a lot of their own. Like they would call it wine, right? So like the Yang Yang Mei wine is really, really delicious. Just like a sweet, nice berry wine, which is what Logan's talking about, and that's great with some like farm style food and relaxation and. Yeah, but yeah, that is you're, you're absolutely correct. There is a lot of um, local stuff that comes out only seasonal. Mm-hmm. Like, even like uh, Shaolin Cha crawfish mm-hmm. only comes out at one time of the year that you're supposed to eat it. Yeah. Mm. And then, like, you go crazy for crawfish for like a month. Yeah. Same with crab. Yeah. yeah. So, so, we did a whole heavy crab program in Borowski. Yeah. So, we started putting it into sherry, yeah. yellow, well, because sherry and yellow wine are very similar. So, we started putting it through sherry and making cocktails with heavy crab. Um, Yang Mei is we well, got back to it really good one again aged tangerine tangerine peel mm, so the here there's a really big market for like old looking tangerine peel it looks terrible yeah and people make teas out of yeah, it yeah but the infusions well, right? and stuff from it are, are amazing really flavorful. yeah 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 okay so uh, what's something else uh, the tea go back to tea pure tea that is wrapped in that aged tangerine peel so there's a whole there's like two or three farms in Yunnan that wrap the pure inside the peel and then they age it even more oh I remember I tried it at, at the bar, at your bar. Yeah, actually. so we yeah. Uh, we did a tea room pop-up for a while where we played around with these like old teas and these expensive teas. So for our listeners, we're talking about poor tea, which is a P-U uh, apostrophe E-R, which is from the uh, Yunnan province. There's actually a, it's a, the only Yunnan, a town. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a town called Poor, which, you know, the majority of the tea will come from. Um, so we're not saying pure tea, we're saying poor tea. <laughs> is, is this the tea that has kind of a stamp on it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just for, so at home, sometimes they suddenly, they look like a, a large coin. Yeah. I would say, and it has a stamp. So the tea is pressed like into a disc. Yeah, it's pressed into and, a disc. And aged. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously China takes tea very seriously. Yes. So I mean, it's one of those many types of tea. We don't get to see enough, but it is an amazing thing about being here. Yeah. You get some fantastic teas. Mm -hmm. What any other kinds of teas that you? Um, pure and oolong, because yeah, I feel oolong. We only have one type of oolong in the West, in Mm -hmm. the UK and USA. But I think I've come across at least twelve, fifteen different types of oolong tea alone. Yeah. While being in China. Yeah. Milk oolong being one of my favorites. Oh, you guys also did. Um, I remember you had a spring tea syrup. In the spring, which is like the earliest harvest yes. of, uh, of a certain type of tea. I don't remember what kind. A certain type of green tea, maybe. White tea as well is another one we started looking at. Because white tea yeah. is something I, like, I've been fortunate enough to work in Bangkok, Hong Kong, and now here in Shanghai. And, like, you learn about these flavors. But, like, tea is something we've really deep-dived in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's, it's so vast. And there's, there's so many different ones. And every province has its own little thing that grows tea. Mm-hmm. So can you give us, like, an example of a cool kind of co- tea cocktail? So Negronis are naturally apt for tea. Mm-hmm. So you can alter one of the three things. So like we use the white tea and the vermouth. So we would CV uh, just white vermouth. We make a white Negroni. Mm-hmm. And CV the white tea and the white tea flowers because they're really bitter. So they add more bitterness into the vermouth that so makes this Negroni really dry. Mm. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> and oolong, we did a peach oolong. Because old Starbucks in Shanghai does peach oolong. Yeah. 
like in the summer it's peachy long everything mm-hmm. right so we tapped into that and we did peach peachy long high like high balls peachy long old fashions we had a whole did week did you do kind of like a julepish we did a julep thing, right? peachy yeah. long julep yeah yeah so yeah we to tease an obvious one tease a really easy one but it's it's such a cool thing because like to be honest with you i don't like i'm not a tea person but mm-hmm. i like drinking tea it just it yeah. doesn't come naturally in my mindset of of my my wheelhouse mm-hmm. i would say like if i'm making a drink you're not gonna get tea stuff out of me yeah just i don't think about it yeah but living here we have such a cool contact with tea mm-hmm. um, almost maybe for granted if you're bartender it's so easy to be like oh tea this tea that tea that yeah but like there's so many different teas that we never even mess with that yeah. we don't know yeah i would say a lot of bar- oh that's another one a lot of bartenders i think at like, will use something like a lapsang souchong which is like a quite smoky tea right and a lot of people will put that in the drink but i don't see as much variety as like a place like jay Borowski would no, be right. using like really experimenting with but we've gone full circle in jay Borowski we have so the, i'm the only foreigner that works there so for everything that they take for granted is all new for me. Mm-hmm. But the same way, especially with tea, I've bought tea from the UK into Jay Broski. Oh, no. So like Yorkshire tea, and we have this Yorkshire tea that tastes like biscuits have been dunked in it, because that's what we do. So we have a tea bag that tastes like biscuits and tea. Mm-hmm. And they, equally the Chinese staff have found it fascinating that that's what we drink. So like we were messed with their tea and then they've taken our tea and sort of ran with it at the same time. Oh yeah, you got, and you guys have done some like raspberry Earl Grey stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. The Chinese staff also take the British. So we're, we're sort of, yeah, the botanical side of things, if we could find something that's obviously from our part of the world that's not necessarily here, mm-hmm. yeah. it's equally sort of taken. So it's like, I'll play with everything, but they it's new for the Chinese stuff as well. So they'll take it and be like, well, what do I want to do with this? Mm-hmm. You also uh, you also recently did a special gin with Crimson Pangolin, didn't you? So, we did. So what, are you, what were you kind of thinking when you were choosing the botanicals for that? Gin? So we wanted... So there's lots of dry gins in the world, and London dry gins its own type of gin. We wanted to do, the idea was a Chinese dry gin. Before we go into dry gin, just for our listeners at home, uh, can you explain what a dry gin is versus like a regular kind of gin? So like London dry gin is where the juniper's present throughout the whole process. So every single part of that making of that gin, the juniper has to be there. It doesn't have to be a lot of it. it, it could be different amounts, but it has to be present. To be called London dry gin. So like an uh, example, like a famous example. Tanqueray, beef eater. Yeah, London number one. That's in China. That's in China. Those those are classically yeah. London dries. Make all the classic cocktails generally come from probably both of those. To be honest, Tanqueray's in most things. Gotcha. Um, would be a dry gin. London number one's a dry gin. There's not there's not as many as there was Jensen's. The Jensen's is I don't think it's in China though. Bombay Sapphire. Bombay oh, Sapphire is. Well, I have my own views of Bombay Sapphire, but yeah. <laughs> but that would be a it would be one. dry, right? There's like, Bombay Sapphire has too many ingredients to me. It's like, it's like okay. a vermouth. Okay. Just, just so somebody sitting on the couch in Florida listening. I just want to say, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm trying to think of... Gordon's would be the yeah, obvious, like saying, the yeah. biggest oh, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Gordon's is everywhere. Okay. Um, things like Hendrix, uh, Porter's, all, all the other gins are generally classed as botanical gins. Okay. So that's, you can start with anything but juniper and then just finish the gin with juniper and it could be classed mm. as a gin. The dry generally would just mean not sweet. Not so much. The ju- it's more juniper flavor. London yeah. dries are generally stronger in terms of that traditional gin flavor. Gotcha. So when we started with the whole Crimson Pangolin, it's called Jungle Gin. The only reason for that is where it's made. It's in the middle of the jungle in Changsha. Is, uh, it was a hot place when I was there. Oh my <laughs> so gosh, it was so hot. I it was so hot, yeah. It was painful. 
Um, we were walking around the distillery, and the distillery's on, so that's not a cold process, obviously, it's yeah. hot. Right. And we're walking around in 40 degree heat anyway, dying, genuinely dying. <laughs> we also drank about 20 litres of water that day, it was horrible. But um, yeah, so the whole process was to make a Chinese dry gin. So with Crimson, the alcohol is actually made in China as well. So the base spirit was made in Changsha. And then we've added Juniper, Angelica, Oris. So those two are really important for gin, but no one talks about them. What is Angelica and Oris? So Ange they're roots, primarily. So I feel like I've seen them on like PornMD or something. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a different website. Um, it's like this craggly, Angelica is like the craggly little oh, root, definitely. right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. No. <laughs> See, no cursing for me. Just there we go. I've done really well. I'm amazed. I've not swore yet. It's, I'm really happy. It's like if it would be like a really long, wrinkly. They're really yeah. They're, they're, they look. They look like you ever seen the uh, salad fingers? You ever watched that video? There's this famous video. It's called Salad Fingers. Where there's this is old lady with the leg and fingers. Okay. Anyway. It's like an uglier ginseng. Yeah. Oh, that's a better way of doing it than yeah. salad fingers. Don't watch salad fingers. It's terrifying. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that's how it's <laughs> It's creepy. But anyway, um, they're, they're what's called fixative botanicals. So when you put them in a still, they stop other volatile flavors from becoming dominant. So okay, they'll, they both come from like the perfume world. So both of them were in the perfume industry before they were in the distilling industry. And a lot of things have been taken from both worlds and they, inter they intertwine quite a lot. But um, they're really powerful flavors. So Oris, if you leave it for like five, six years, it develops and breaks down and it becomes super, super strong. So perfumers will pay top, top dollar for the best Oris, basically, because oh, it, cool. it carries flavors. So if you have your aftershaves and stuff, yeah. it's 100% got Oris and Angelica in it. Wow. And it helps huh. carry the flavors. It keeps the flavors prominent. So it keeps you smelling for longer. Oh. But in the still, because it's a volatile place, it's really hot, it's boiling. Different things happen. Things break down in a different way. So what they do is stop juniper becoming too acrid they'll stop sugars becoming too sweet so they're really really important if you have a gin without any of those in you've either got an incredibly talented distiller or a bad gin like there's no middle ground <laughs> <laughs> like, like. well i think that's because we have you here especially about gin most gins are 43 to 45 46 yeah proof. anything over like 47 48 becomes overproof it's yeah. overproof yeah but like so we had this discussion before about like some vodkas mm. and if you have a vodka that's like 35 percent flavored they're just adding a flavoring compound to it yeah they're letting it down yeah they're letting it down they're yeah. watering it down with the flavoring so for the gin i mean obviously we with the exception of hendrix and beef eater pink you're not really getting too many fruit or vegetable flavored gins out there yeah. Uh, I feel like there is. There could be more. Like, like I could be wrong, yeah. There's an abundance of fruit. There's, there's thousands of fruit gins. Yeah. yeah. But maybe, maybe we're not seeing it here. They're liqueurs though, and like they're, they're not classic. Like a gins. slow gin, yeah. I'm not talking yeah. like a slow gin. Like I know there's a saffron gin. That there's used to a, be there's a that lot, was amazing. There's a lot of. But you've got to look at how you would use that botanical. So like Hendrix is a good one to go back to. Yeah. So that's cucumber, rose, and chamomile. Yeah. Famously, you can't put any of them in a still because they'll just burn. They'll just go to shit even taste. the chamomile even like the chamomile flowers? yeah they, they don't use dry chamomile because it's too big a flavour oh. so what they do is they filter so they'll distill the gin and make a traditional London gin mm -hmm. London dry and then they filter it through cucumber so the letting down process is three steps oh, oh interesting and then they take on the flavour so that's why it doesn't taste massively of any of them it just, yeah. it's got a little bit of all of them I, so I feel like for the big leagues Hendrix kind of did such a cool thing with what they did but she had a garden Grace the woman who distills that is like a living legend. Oh, 
especially in like our world where, because part of my degree I did my dissertation in distilling yeah so I, I went and I really deep dived into it and with her she had a she had a whole Hendrix has a whole botanical garden you can go and walk around it and she cultivated that for them before Hendrix is even a thing very cool it was all her idea she was like oh, we've got a lot of this a lot of this and a lot of this what should we do and William Grant is still a family owned business so yeah. they were like well what do you want to do with it and then that's how the whole that's thing started well. that's very cool yeah well, so what are so what are the what else is in your <laughs> what else is back to your gin? What what's in there besides kind of oh. the quintessential? So uh, Angelica Norris, and then we've got uh, Litzy, which is a traditional Chinese peppercorn, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have the same characteristics as peppercorn. It's more lemony, it's more citrus. So it's like a, a flavor grinder you would buy, okay. like a lemon pepper grinder. Mm. This oh, naturally has okay. that flavor. Um, green tea. Uh, monk fruit. So again, we've taken a local green tea. Local green from, tea from yeah, Changsha. Right? Yeah. Um, monk fruit, which is a traditional Chinese medicine. They they take here for throat problems. So if you've got a dry throat, a sore throat, mm-hmm. you'll drink monk tea fruit and oh, drink monk tea tea. Sorry, and eat the fruit. But we put dry pellets in for the sweetness because it's also an artificial sugar. Yeah, you can use. Um, it's actually very popular for like low sugar baking. You can buy monk fruit sugar. Did you guys know that? and like use it as a replacement instead of like stevia or something like that it like functions in the so when we went to do the distillation i tried i tried a piece of like the dried a dried segment of the fruit right is what, yeah. it, what it was which i mean like the pellet so they, they the take pellet. all the fruit and then they dehydrate it into a flat yeah so mm-hmm. the so eating the pellet i mean it was it was kind of like eating a piece of a stick but it was very very sweet oh know? interesting yeah it was it was really quite sweet and had that um uh, yeah, a similar flavor, honestly, to what like a stevia. To or stevia, yeah. Okay. But then once it went into the gin, like it was, it did not add like a huge sweetness. It, I don't know. It, uh, it I don't know the chemistry, right. right? Yeah, like it, it's a, it's a Did you have the monk fruit or not, lady? I had the monk <laughs> We had it raw. Yeah. <laughs> I had the monk fruit. What I mean is, it did not make for a sweet gin. Is like the way it balanced right. out because Mark knows what he's doing. You know, it was just. And then the last, the last thing we did was. Um, so our bar's sustainably minded. It's nearly impossible. In F&B, it's really difficult to be yeah. fully sustainable. So we do everything that we can. Um, one of the things we did for the, for the two weeks running up to the still, we kept all the squeezed lemons and limes, so all the husks. And then I went to Changsha with a suitcase full of lemons and limes and no clothes and got yeah. really weird search in the airport. <laughs> they thought they thought they really know what to do to be honest. You just asked if I was a chef. I said yes and then I got let through. <laughs> but I was getting on a plane to Changsha with just lemons and limes and no clothes. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a weird one. And then they it's went also into really the weird still. because he was trying to get through security naked. Yeah. yeah, no pants on. Yeah. yeah, at least he's got a shirt on now. Kind of yeah. saying, scan me, scan yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so we took the lemons and limes from the bar and then we put them into the still. So we use part of the Jay Brosky bar process as oh, in that cool. as in every bottle of the gin that we make. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's going really well. So yeah. I think that's it's, awesome. Um, how's it selling, Kelvin? You, you're, yeah, the, you're the business development guy. <laughs> So uh, you you mentioned uh, so in part of this you mentioned Chinese medicine like just for a second right so what do you do you ever any of you ever have like guests coming in kind of asking for drinks that would have some kind of element of Chinese medicine or do you try to do anything like that I mean like you, I know that there are some places you have to be places, careful with that right yeah because if it's something maybe out of our hands that we don't know is like really important Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm you get in trouble yeah 
like was on a menu and like they're like, oh yeah, this is uh, something that maybe is regulated for headaches or something. I don't yeah. know. I'm trying to be general because I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. But like I know there's been stuff like we've done things at the nightclubs where like all of a sudden like, oh, you can't do this. This is yeah. it's Chinese medicine. You have to buy this from the pharmacy. You can't right. use it for. And I think that actually some some things are a bit controlled like that. Like even the Angelica and Oris root and things like yeah. that. Right. Like you have to, we don't know, normally know. Yeah. We couldn't right. get the Angelica and the Oris delivered to us. We had to get it sent to the distillery because they have the license to distill. Yeah. So they could therefore order it and take it. If I tried to do it for the bar, 100% will get it. Because of Chinese medicine, right? Yeah. But the other thing with the Chinese medicine is Fernet and Amaro. Is The flavor profile of both of those is very, very similar to mm-hmm. Chinese medicines. Yeah. So whenever we make drinks with Amaro and Fernet, the first thing any guest will say is, this Chinese tastes like Chinese, Chinese medicine. Like Chinese medicine. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, I think we've done stuff, like, even, like, uh, quinine for tonic. Mm. Yeah. We know uh, Western tonic is different than it is in China. Because the tonic levels, the quinine is different because it's a Chinese medicine. Oh, is it? Yeah. But it's super licensed in Asia. Yeah. Like, okay. In, yeah. It's wow. licensed. It's part of TCM. Mm-hmm. It's uh, dangerous as well, though. Yeah. It is, right? Like, you can you kill people. Poisoning, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to kill them for, like, what, how many years now? been a while it still hasn't worked yeah. yeah i told a story that the other day about in thailand i was doing some work with a hotel group and one of the bartenders had made his own tonic water and he was really happy it's like real risky yeah, yeah super dangerous but he was like oh let me show you this tonic water and i'm like instantly i knew i was probably not going to try this yeah but he pulled out the jar and it was a luminous orange wow and i was like no <laughs> i was like yeah. i'm not going nowhere near that yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> oh my gosh yeah and he thought it was a good idea he, he he was all about it I was like, no, not for me. To each their own, Yeah, I guess. I'm not going to try any homemade tonic. But, yeah, so uh, back to botanicals, crew. Are there any uh, flavors that you've had, like, some interesting Chinese botanicals in a drink that any of you have that's, like, been memorable? Anything you can think of that you really loved? Uh, I wouldn't say it was memorable in flavor, but it was just, like, kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh Buddha's hand, for okay, example. Yeah, Buddha's hand. Uh, Citrus for, fruit that looks like a hand. Yeah. yeah. Poplin Hanger One uh, vodka. It's in Porter's gin as well. There's a gin in China called Porter's yeah. that okay. has so Buddha's hand in. For listeners at home, it, it looks, I mean, color wise, it's a lot like a lemon. Mm-hmm. It's a citrus fruit, but it dangles upside down like a mangled hand mm-hmm. almost. <laughs> Um, and one of the cool things about it is that it doesn't actually have any pulp on the inside. It's pretty much just, really? yeah, like it, it's just the skin, like all the way through. Wow, that's crazy. That's yeah. that, and that's one of the, um, one of the main flavor elements in another quite popular Chinese gin, which is peddler's gin. I mean, they're yeah. they're known for using the Buddha's hand yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, what else? Osmanthus is my favorite. Yeah, I mean, Osmanthus is really delicious. I right? love it. I mean, it's that smell you get only in October here. Yeah. yeah. It's like, wow, this is an amazing city because it has perfume. But it is a very Shanghai yeah. flavor yeah. as well. Like, if you do the, if you use Osmanthus outside of Shanghai, it won't be nearly as popular yeah. as if you did it. Here. Actually, that's not true, right? So here, I'll, <laughs> I'll so I used to live in uh, Guilin in Guangxi province, and actually the name Guilin, it, it comes from Osmanthus tree oh. because they, it, they grow uh, locally there. And so... One of the, like one of, they have these things called like five, they have like the five treasures of Guilin, and one of them is actually like a baijiu that has osmanthus in it, like that has flowers. Oh, interesting. And, yeah. Very cool. Um, and so it, it's actually, it's very, very popular down there as well. Yeah. There, there was a while in, in Shanghai 
I, I see less and less of this nowadays, but we were talking about Sichuan peppercorn being in okay. everything in terms of like cocktails. Okay. It's like a huge trend. Uh, Osmanthus, I feel like rode kind of like the same train for okay. for beers mm-hmm. in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of beers brewing mm-hmm. stuff with Osmanthus yeah. as well. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, Osmanthus is a great one because of you know not only cocktails and as drink and whatever, but it's also used quite a lot in desserts you know like it, it's quite versatile in its flavor like it's floral but sweet and it's really so nice so i you know i do love it in a in a drink as well yeah, yeah. it has a very distinct scent to it as yeah well. yeah yeah you um some other something else i like i dates i really yeah i was gonna say red dates, dates. Yeah. dates and tequila are really tasty the red date tablets i really like they're really the hard ones it, oh it's like it's like a it's got a little hole in it it's like they've been dehydrated Oh, no, that's um, that's Hawthorne. Yeah, that Hawthorne. That's that's Hawthorne, which is like the it's almost like a crab apple. Yeah, Hawthorne, yeah. Apple yeah. WeChat let me down. Yeah, so, but yeah. So they make they make a um. I know exactly what you're talking candy. about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they may also make like a jelly kind of thing as well. It's like a fruit letter from Hawthorne. Um, but yeah, the little tablets are you you maybe they make date ones as well, but they're usually Hawthorne. See, what yeah. I think is happening, and it's an unfortunate thing, is we're losing a lot of old China. Mm-hmm. Like I could tell you, like twenty uh, twenty years ago, like five years ago, I could walk down the street. And they have that black, uh, they had uh, walnuts mm-hmm. and everything on yeah. the street. Like street vendors were making yeah. walnuts for you and the crab apples that mm-hmm. were coated in oh, sugar. coated in sugar on the stick, yeah. yeah. It still oh, has that like, in Beijing a lot. It's yeah. like basically like candied hawthorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's what it is. You yeah. see it all over the place and it's yeah. so fun to have. Yeah. And that you can make cocktails out of. Or there was even the thing that was very interesting where they would take a cold stone and make uh, the sugar drawings on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they, they dip in strawberries with the same sugar, and you'd have, like... Yeah, they'll do yeah. that still in, in tourist areas, like Chang the sugar and kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. you don't yeah. really have it, like, it's not everywhere. It's not... It's not no. it, in Shanghai, at least, it's not... Like, there there isn't any street food culture in Shanghai yeah. anymore. anymore, yeah. And I think if you go anywhere else in China, you still... You can Which really is, still I mean, it's just that. a shame, yeah. because you had such cool, like, experiences. There's something maybe you wouldn't try exactly. before, and then, yeah. oh... I could do that with this. I know. And then yeah. we add booze to it, make it better. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I think we could be doing stuff with like Shaolong Chop. Like somebody does a lobster gin, right? Yeah, we have it in the bar at the minute. Yeah. It's it's it it's an insane thing. Yeah. And when you actually read how they've done it and stuff, there's like sixty kilos of lobster wow. per still. Wow. And when oh you bear gosh. in mind like how big a still is and how much lobster that is, yeah. There's not a lot of space for anything else. In fact, I'd be I'd the juniper in there to call it gin legally, but I don't think there'd be much else because there's no point because yeah. there's so much lobster <laughs> yeah. in it. Yeah. But we've got crazy. a butcher's gin as well. We have another, just um, made like a pechuga. So a pechuga yeah. where like you hang meat in the still and let the mm. juices drip in. But this one's got a Chateaubriand that hangs inside. Oh, and then they cut the gin down with that. Oh, nice. One of my first ideas when we were talking about the Crimson about doing a gin was, because part of Crimson's company is obviously Papi, one of our friends. He's a uh, Colombian. And we tried to do a pachuga gin. Oh. And the idea was to do a Shanghai sort of pork belly and cherries oh. and that. But a pachuga's a turtle, isn't it? No, pachuga means chicken. It's chicken. Chicken, it's yeah. chicken, chicken yeah. yeah. But it, the, the term carries across. If so as long as you put meat in it. Penguin, though, that would have been cool. That'd have been, yeah, no one, no one would have bought that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, Helena didn't show up to the recording. <laughs> so we're just going to trash pangolins for 20 minutes. Oh I'm just going to say that I tried to stop Logan from saying that. But Yo, how hard is it? You said, you flashed me your phone and said, talk about eating pangolins. <laughs> oh that, my is, God. that is slander. It got dark quick. Pachuga <laughs> gin with pangolin. Oh my God. Okay. Oh. We're not going to do that because pangolin is an endangered species. 
protected, highly protected. Yeah, we do not condone of this. There's no real pangolins. <laughs> Let me know. I got a guy. If you want to do pangolin gym. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember, like, uh, what do they say in um, uh, the Adams family? When they, the Girl Scouts come to the house and the Girl Scouts like, oh, do you want Girl, Girl Scout cookies? And, and uh, the little Adam's family girl goes, is it made with real Girl Scouts? <laughs> <laughs> it's so dark how she's, is it made with real Girl Scouts? <laughs> That's what I think about Crimson Penguin every time. Helena, we're so sorry. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's some botanicals. I think we, we for, especially for our guests listening at home, I think they have an idea of what we see for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's maybe the craziest botanical you would imagine in a product? Like, is there a whiskey that could use some good botanicals that maybe just we don't do it with? Is there something like that that you would see? I think I think in China you can't mess with whiskey too much because it's such a, it's this big spirit. Yeah. So you start yeah. putting botanicals in it, people are gonna. Well, even for making a cocktail, like not making not distilling, but like making a cocktail with a nice Chinese botanical that's not just a gin. So I think we hit gin pretty. pretty We've got well, Chinese tonka beans now. Oh. So that's like the green one, right? So well, tonka beans. Was it green or brown? No, they're like kidney beans, like black. Yeah. kidney yeah. beans but again they're, they're regulated in the US and in England because they, they have a compound in them that can shut down your liver if you have too many of them but too much right yeah. one of the big ones that we didn't even talk about was sorghum it's like sorghum yeah which is what is used to to make baijiu yeah, yeah, I mean it's not we don't really use it in anything else but in China it is widely used for you know the massive uh, baijiu well what would be here. the difference between a grain and a botanical <laughs> Grains don't generally impart flavor. They just right. give you yeah. sugars and carbs yeah. to make alcohol. Yeah, water, so. so maybe that's our, yeah. yeah. It's a grain. It's a grain. It's been decided. Well, I know that you guys um, you guys did an infusion of a spirit with ginseng, didn't you? We did ginseng. Okay. But that's another thing that we, we didn't get in trouble for. But a lot of people did comment on the Chinese medicine side of ginseng yeah. and how we were doing it. And yeah. I'm quite fortunate that I don't, I don't blag, but... If, if we get in trouble with ingredients and things like that, I can just sort of play dumb and be like, I've, I've been here, no time, really yeah. sorry. <laughs> sorry. My bad. Yeah. And just sort of play dumb about it, but it tastes delicious. Was yeah. it American ginseng or was it Chinese ginseng? Chinese ginseng. Because apparently more Chinese by American ginseng, like there's this weird cross mm-hmm. where all the ginseng from the US goes to China and all the Chinese ginseng goes to the US. Like, they don't have as many fingers though, is it? Because ginseng is all about how many yeah, roots. Um, and I don't think the Chinese ones generally, the more American ones get bigger root systems yeah, than the Chinese right. ones. It's a, it's a weird cross thing. Like everybody in China buys American ginseng. That's what I was asking. Yeah. It's just, I don't know what it is, but like the Chinese ginseng is bigger than American. Because in the US, we like that good, good, uh, you know, altering, altering the genes of yeah. the I actually, for those yeah. big roots. Well, ginkgo too. I guess imagine a ginkgo uh, is not too much flavor, but ginkgo. Ginkgo beans are good though. Yeah. Like if you cook them out. Really they're good tasty. flavor. There's a, yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of a bitterness, but mm. in a good way. Uh, but is that a TCM? Like I don't think ginkgo beans are. I, I, I don't I, think yeah. so. Because I know they use them like ginkgo biloba. They're, des- ginkgo, they're dessert beans. Vitamins and such. Yeah. yeah, actually, maybe it is. They're a big part of Korean desserts as well. And Thai oh, really? desserts. Yeah. Like the the yeah. shaved ice, you put ginkgo beans on top mm. of the shaved ice. Oh. Mm. You can cook them down and make them really soft. They're really good. Mm. Really, really good. Or grilled. Or grilled. Grilled ginkgo beans? Yeah, they have them all the time at the, uh, tep- not tepanyaki, uh, the Japanese barbecue places. Tepanyaki. Or, er, no, sorry, uh, yakitori. Yakitori, yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, on the stick, they're good. Oh, 
Give them a go. I don't think I've ever had one. Oh, next time. Oh, they're delicious. Mm. Next time we'll get we'll get some for you. Okay. It's, it's not a botanical, but it's. It's not a botanical. But it's yeah. a thing. But it's a thing. But it, I think it still fits in the category of of what we would consider. Uh, not tropical. What, what's the word I'm looking for? We're looking for something that's not our our common exotic. knowledge. Mm. Exotic. Yeah. And ginkgo, I think, is exotic enough. You know, the Western folk. Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty exotic, I guess. Ginkgo's exotic. I mean, the same thing. Like if you do like fish oils and stuff like that. There, there are things in China that you have that are delicious. Yeah. If you didn't have them, you're like, oh my god, I don't know why I don't have this flavor in my life. Mm-hmm. So like vinegars, there's another thing, like Chinese <sighs> vinegar. I love vinegar. Yeah, Chinese I vinegar. I love Chinese amazing. vinegar. Amazing. It's one of the most amazing tastes ever. It's so good. We have black like, vinegar in the bar right now. So like, uh, Peng, the head bartender, and Jay Broski, he's from Shanxi, which is yeah, famous Shanxi for vinegars. Yeah. Yeah. So he bought some black vinegar down back when he went home last time, and we still have it now. So oh we put it, we cook it into a syrup and make it one of our syrups on the bar. Oh. Yeah, I want that. So then daiquiris, anything with a heavy citrus, just a tiny like five mil of vinegar yeah. in there, it's just unreal. That's the thing. That's There's certain, certain flavors you just don't know to come into a foreign country like this. You're like, oh, wow. Yeah. My flavor profile has changed. And you go back home, you're like, oh, wow, it's so kind of plain. Yeah. In certain things, you know? Yeah. But here, people are very territorial though, as well. Like, all, all of our team in Broski are all from different regions of China. And all of them have their own, like, they'll, they'll have verbal arguments about whose region does X, Y, or Z better. Yeah, oh, yeah. of course. Sure. So like Pung again, <laughs> Pung won't eat noodles anywhere outside of Shanxi because he, in his mind, is like we make the best noodles. Why would I eat shit noodles? <laughs> so, so like, so we um his nickname is a potato um noodle Nazi. It's true. Someone yeah. would bring in some sample. Yeah. Someone bring in some sample food and remember I had to force him to try the noodles. He's he was so like, funny. I don't want to eat it. I just why would I? I was like, just try them, damn it. And he did. And it's the same with like Jasmine. Jasmine's a Cantonese member of staff, and she always brings up all kinds of sweet pineapple things every time she goes home. And we don't eat them, we put them in a rotor wrap and we'll cook, we'll put them into spirits or we'll infuse them into something. So we end up having this whole bar just of regional weird flavors. Which is awesome. Yeah. Which is great. Well, I think that's the thing. Nobody understands back at home. I didn't. How yeah. different China is and right. how, how multi-ethnic yeah. everything is. Yeah. Like there's Han Chinese, but there's like 53, 56 ethnicities in the country. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have these amazing food people, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one. White Rabbit is another one. It's not a botanical, oh, but candy. I think we should quickly... Oh. Yeah, White Rabbit candy is, like, this... It's hyper-regional for here. <laughs> so, White Rabbit is um, a really old-school Chinese candy or sweet, and it's, like, a milk-flavored taffy, almost, what we would call taffy in the U.S., but, like, a chewy... Uh, candy and it's wrapped in rice paper and actually it, it's really been spreading to the rest of the world now yeah. I think you know white rabbit you can get more and more in a lot of places but um, the, definitely different Chinese brands from like huge milk tea brands to individual bars and stuff will use white rabbit to make things like there's been white rabbit ice cream, white rabbit milk tea and they did a white rabbit infusion at Jay Broski well, as well. We have a right, white rabbit gin at the minute yeah, that we did on the road with that. It's, and it's really delicious. And one of their bartenders made a cocktail with, that had some like kaffir lime leaf um, and, and a little bit of, of mead, which uh, was from our friend Fosty. Listen to our mead episode. And it was just, it was so delicious. Uh, and yeah, there's like a lot of, you know, using kind of these, these flavors that are very common in China that people would never... And anticipate or expect, I think. 
being from outside of, you know, being outside of China and thinking about what Chinese flavors can go into something. Yeah. There was something else that I wanted to say, but now I forgot what it was. Uh-oh. Well. Yeah. Part two. Yeah. Part two. Save, yeah, save. <laughs> save it for part two. Save it for part two. Well, guys, thank you so much. Um, Mark, thank you so much for gracing us with your time and your presence and your knowledge. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, Alicia with an E, thank you as always. Kelvin, you did nothing. Uh, <laughs> That's <laughs> usual. You just, you just condone eating pangolins. It's, it's a heavy episode That's for you. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yeah. Okay, guys, thank you so much, and uh, cheers. 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 cheers.